Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. We are back and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the news regarding David Luiz, that knee injury and the surgery he underwent yesterday. It was confirmed by the club that David Luiz went under the knife for a minor procedure in order to help with a problem in his right knee. We're not exactly sure how long he's going to be out for. But in my opinion, and just trying to read between the lines, it doesn't look good. We're going to be discussing what impact that will have on Arsenal's season, what it might mean for David Lewis's longer term future at the club and what the best way to cope without him is moving forward. It is bank holiday. Hope you're all uh, enjoying the time off. Um, as I said to my wife this morning, if you work in football, there's no such thing as a bank holiday. Um so yeah, <laughs> cracking on, but with a more chilled vibe today. So I've got my coffee in my hand um, and I'm sitting back relaxing and uh, we're going to talk through uh, this latest bit of news. Big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat. Hope you're all well. Hope you're good. Hope you're enjoying this strange weather. I don't know what it's like where you guys are, but here in London, it started off cloudy. Then the sun broke through. Then it started snowing for a brief period of time. The snow stopped and now the sun is out again. I can't, I can't work it out. Uh, but yeah, wherever you are, hope the weather's treating you well and uh, you're making the most of this bank holiday, obviously within the COVID restrictions. Let's talk about David Luiz and, and the news broke yesterday um, about this, uh, this injury. We knew that he had a knee problem from Friday when the club announced it via their official sort of tweet, post, whatever you want to call it. And then we heard after the Liverpool game that he may need to undergo surgery. Mikel Arteta said that they were thinking about what the best course of action was to do, uh, or was to take, sorry, and thinking about, um, you know, how to how to proceed with this. Now, he has undergone the procedure and Arsenal say that he'll be available for selection within the coming weeks. It's very unclear. Sounds ominous to me. It sounds like David Luiz could be out for a fair bit of time now and nobody really actually at this point has a clue how long that's going to be. Um, it's a worry because, you know, I think that David Luiz is Arsenal's most important centre-back right now. He's Arsenal's best centre-back by quite some distance. And the thing is, he, Granite Xhaka and a few others within this squad, you know, they've they've had difficult times in the past. They've had moments where they've let us down and people don't really want to accept the fact that he is so important, just like they don't want to accept how important Granite Xhaka is. Saturday proved both of those things. But we have to accept it. We have to understand it. And perhaps now where you're going to see a period of time without David Luiz, 
perhaps even just based on Saturday's game, people will understand why Mikel Arteta has hung his hat on those two so often, why he has entrusted them, why their leadership is so important. And, and you know, we're not here to talk about Granite Xhaka today, so I'll leave that for another day. But, you know, in, in the case of David Luiz, I thought we really struggled at centre-back without him for a number of reasons. One of those reasons being I don't think there was anybody vocal enough. Bern Leno's not exactly vocal behind the centre-backs. I didn't think that, um, you know, that Gabriel had a good game. I didn't think that Rob Holding had a good game. I know they were playing against very strong and difficult opponents, but I think that both of them missed having a proper leader next to them, especially Gabriel. Uh, you know, Rob Holding has shown at times this season that he can do a job, but you can't trust Rob Holding to deliver to a very high standard every single week. You know, David Luiz helps urge the team forward, helps push them up when we are, you know, when we're sinking that little bit too deep. And I think that's what continued or, or sorry, regularly occurred uh, against Liverpool. We kept getting pushed back, 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 back. And there was nobody there to say, hold on a minute, lads, where are we going here? Let's push up the field. And David Luiz does that, whether it's just him saying it, whether it's his actual actions, because I think the way he picks up the ball and carries it forward encourages his teammates to step up when Arsenal have the ball and follow him and move up the pitch as a unit. I think there's so many things that he brings to the team that unfortunately we were we were badly missing at the weekend. There's no getting away from that. There is no getting away from that whatsoever. And now what is the best course of action? You know, Matt says in the comments that Holding looked really rusty. He absolutely did. Um, he looked like he hadn't played a game in a while. And that's that, that's the case, you know, with Rob Holding. He'd been playing regularly at one point, looked as though he'd nailed down the right centre-back position. And all of a sudden he was left out of the side. And from then on, David Luiz took it over uh, again and, and didn't really put much of a foot wrong. I think that people have talked about different solutions. People have talked about the idea of maybe playing Pablo Marie alongside Gabriel. I'm not dead against that, but I don't think that that's something that Mikel Arteta will do. I think that Mikel Arteta's made it very clear in, in previous interviews that, in his opinion, he wants a right-sided centre-back, i.e. a right-footed player and a left-sided one. I think he sees that as really important when Arsenal are trying to play the ball out from the back. And so I believe that he will persist with Rob Holding, but Rob Holding needs to get up to speed quickly. You know, obviously it's difficult coming in from the cold, having been cast aside for so long. Obviously it's difficult, apologies, when that first game is against a, an opponent as good as Liverpool. So I get all of that and I totally respect all of that. And I understand that if I was maybe demanding Rob Holding to have come in and not put a foot wrong and been sharp and been completely at the races. Perhaps I'd have been being a little bit overambitious and a little bit maybe too demanding of Rob Holding. But we're Arsenal Football Club and we're demanding the highest levels. And, you know, the Premier League thing, you know, it's been really difficult all season to kind of to almost care about our Premier League campaign. It was abundantly clear a long, long time ago that we weren't going to qualify for the Champions League via the league route. It's becoming more and more clear with every um, with every passing week that we're probably not even going to make it via, uh, we're not even going to make the Europa League. So, and that's via the Premier League campaign I'm talking about. So, 
you know, I'm not going to sit here and go absolutely mad and absolutely crazy about the fact that we lost to Liverpool. This is a team, by the way, that finished a massive, a whopping 43 points ahead of us last season. 43 points. So if we're talking about a team that finished 43 points above us, why has there been such a major overreaction to the result the other day? Yes, the performance was bad. We know that. But why has it come as a surprise? Arsenal have been consistently inconsistent in the Premier League this season. It's why we're in 10th place. It's why we're probably going to finish in a mid-table position. It's, you know, uh, it, it's it's for me, the bigger picture is is the Europa League and the bigger game is the one against Slavia to come on Thursday night. But look, it's going to be a difficult task. You know, Slavia are no mugs. They've proven already with the teams that they've already eliminated from the competition that they are a very strong side, a very capable side. They've dumped out Rangers who have run away with the uh, Scottish League and they've also dumped out Leicester City, a team who are well above us and well away from us in the Premier League this season. So it's not going to be an easy game, but that task has been made incredibly harder by the fact that David Luiz uh, is going to miss it. And, you know, Kieran Tierney is another player who we're waiting for a fitness update on. He limped off uh, with an injury. Cedric coming at left back and Cedric's done OK at left back at times, but he's not a left back. And I think it's unfair to, you know, to expect him to be able to perform just as capably on his wrong side. So it's, you know, the injuries are, are the biggest concern. Everybody's sitting there um sort of crying about the fact that we we lost to Liverpool. I, again, I'll re-emphasize the point. A team that 44 that finished 43 points ahead of us last season. That's the golfing class between the two groups. I would just say that whilst it was disappointing and I talked about it and I was really pissed off about it at the time, as you would have known if you if you saw or, or listened to the podcast, I just think that now we, we need to just block that out of our minds. Put the negativity to one side and focus on the Europa League, which could potentially salvage our season. It's just a major, major shame that we're going to be without our best centre-back. Um, you know, uh, going into that sort of business end of the season. It's horrible. Um, and if we've got Kieran Tierney missing as well, that's two of our strongest back four out missing. And, and we have seen time and time again this season that when key players are unavailable. The fringe players, the the Rob Holdings, the Nicolas Pepe's, the Danny Ceballos's can't be trusted to deliver regularly. Yeah, from time to time, they have good games and they make everybody sort of stand up and think twice about slagging them off, about criticising them. But ultimately, they have proven time and time again. And it's not just to dig out Rob Holding. It, you know, I, I mentioned Pepe, I mentioned Ceballos. There's another two players who prime examples of this, who on their day can be pretty good but but they just they just can't do it regularly enough and when they're called upon over a period of time even if that's one game here and there or or you know or two or three back to back it just it doesn't seem to work it it really damages us as a team it significantly impacts how good we are and it's a real worry. So the David Luiz thing is a massive, massive blow. And I'm really disappointed and devastated by it. Let me know your thoughts uh, on it in the uh, chat box. If you've got any questions, fire them over as well. We'll get through as many of those 
as we possibly can uh, over the next sort of 15 minutes or so. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Um, I'll pick out a couple and then we'll go back to the David Lewis thing because I've just got a couple more points to make on that. Big Khan says, good afternoon, Harry. I'm watching you live from Dubai. Cheers, mate. Hope you're well. And thank you, of course, uh, for your support and for tuning in. Um, the Real Captain says, can we play Mary and Gabriel going forward? Harry, I touched on that briefly. We probably could. Uh, I think other managers might have been sort of inclined or tempted to do that, but I don't think Mikel Arteta will. I really don't. I can't see him doing it. I think Mikel Arteta will be um, will be looking at Rob Holding as the man to come in because he's right-sided. And I think that's really, really important to him. AK Gunner 49 says, if Arteta doesn't win the EL and finishes outside of the top six, again, sack him. Negative tactics, poor in-game management, risking players in the red zone, sack us, Emil Smith, Rotini, Partey, and having a negative effect on Martinelli. Matt Parrott says, I'm more worried that we have to rely on Luis, to be honest. Yeah, look, David Luiz is 33 years old. He's in the twilight of his career. And I actually think that I actually think that the fact that we do have to rely on David Luiz tells you a lot about the state we're in as a club. But put all of that to one side, ignore the kind of bigger picture and where Arsenal are at as a whole for a second. And the reality is that he is the best centre back, and that's th- that's the thing, isn't it? Um, the real captain says that I think Chambers is better than holding more mobile and better on the ball, in my opinion. That's an option, I suppose. Um, what else have we got here? Um, if we can't beat Slavia Prague without Dave, I'm done. I'm not crapping on them, but seriously, we should be capable of any 11-man combo of our squad. Um, Wesbird says, holding, played and produced his best work alongside Marie. Yeah, maybe that's a combination that works a little bit better. I just, my worry with that combination, Wesbird, is a lack of pace. I think there's a distinct lack of pace when you play with Pablo Marie and Rob Holding. And, you know, it depends how we want to play. You know, if you if, if you were going to sit deep, then maybe it's not so much of an issue. But I expect us to try and take the game to Slavia Prague. I think the way we failed to take the game to Liverpool, the way we failed to progress the ball, the way we failed to uh, cause them any sort of issues as an attacking outfit. I think that was a bit of an anomaly in terms of, uh, sorry, and I'm basing that on what I've seen over the last few months. You know, Arsenal have been better at dictating games of football. Arsenal have been better at taking the game to their opponents. They've just, you know, they've just suffered inconsistencies and and those inconsistencies at the top level obviously cost um, and cost you big time. But, you know, I don't, I looked at the game against Liverpool. I did a tactical breakdown on it yesterday. If you haven't seen it already, check it out. If you're listening via the audio, of course, check it out as well. It's the last episode um, on the channel. I I highlighted a lot of things that I felt went wrong from a tactical standpoint, but I didn't come away from the game worried that those things were going to continue. I was worried that we couldn't apply ourselves on that particular game. And I, I spent some time re-watching it to, to identify those sort of mistakes or problems or issues, whatever you want to call them. But I don't sit here and worry that that Mikel Arteta is not giving the right instructions and that they, you know, and that it's going to be a problem going forward. I worry that the players are incapable of applying those instructions consistently. And I think we're seeing that 
time and time again. Uh, Tom says, not one player was good against Liverpool. I have to admit, since I still don't think he's good enough for the Arsenal, but Xhaka was missed, as was Luis. Agreed. Graham says, Arteta will be devastated if Tierney is injured as well. We have zero leaders at the back. I think Marie has to come in alongside Holding, but it's a massive blow for our Europa hopes. Can, uh, completely agree with that, mate. Uh, completely agree. Uh, a couple of people suggesting that maybe um, that maybe um, Bukayo Saka, sorry, should go should go at left back. It's not the worst shot in the world. He's shown he can do it. Um, would be able to get forward the way Kieran Tierney does. Although from an attacking standpoint, I wouldn't be that concerned about the left back position because I think Cedric can do that as well. My worry with the left-back position is the defensive bit. And it's not even that I think Cedric's a bad defender. It's just that he'll be playing on his wrong side. And um, and that is difficult in any position. Um, well, no, let, let me rephrase that. It's not difficult when you're playing as an inverted winger if you're tasked with cutting inside all the time. What I, I want to say is that fullbacks have that the toughest. A fullback being asked to play on his wrong side is much more difficult than a centre-back being asked to play on his wrong side or a, uh, a, uh, a uh, you know, a winger because you're you're having to defend with your weaker foot and that's, that's a completely different proposition. Also, when you try and break forward, sometimes that impacts on the fluidity of the move, doesn't it? Because you maybe at times need to take an extra touch to shift the ball back inside onto your stronger foot. Maybe the angle that you initially had disappears when you do cut back in field. So there's lots to consider, lots to take into account. Um, but yeah, I, it is a, you know, we will be without leaders at the back for sure. Um, we really would. Uh, let's uh, let's pick out a couple um more comments. Uh, Graham also says, I didn't see Gabriel's pace helping us out against Salah. Graham, there's not, I don't think there's a centre-back in, in world football that keeps up with Mo Salah at full tilt. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a general comment rather than it sort of being specific to the game at the weekend. Yes, yeah, Salah is very difficult to deal with. And, and as I said, I think he roasts pretty much every centre-back in world football in a straight-off foot race. Um, but he has got more pace than Rob Holding and he has got more pace than Pablo Marie. And, and that's kind of the point um, that I was trying to make there. Um, I, I just wanted to touch again on on the whole David Luiz thing, because I talked about the, the negative impact I think his absence will have on Arsenal as a football team right now on Arsenal's hopes of, of going on and winning the Europa League. But another thing that, that this throws into the mix and, and, makes a question of is what happens with David Luiz and his future now? Because obviously to suffer a knee injury that requires minor surgery, whether it be minor or not, um, is a fitness concern. It's a worry. And do you, do you think that that potentially impacts on whether Arsenal are going to give him that extra year? Now, we've been talking about it a lot over the last month or so. Um, we've been talking about the idea of David Luiz being given an additional year's contract so that he can try and, you know, be sort of uh, continues to influence the team behind the scenes, but also sort of slowly fade out of the team, but still being there that if we need to call upon the experience, we've got it at our disposal. 
I'm fully behind the idea of keeping David Luiz, but will Arsenal look at it now? Will Arsenal look at the knee injury? Um, this, the, the issue that he has obviously uh, suffered and say, well, it's not worth the risk now. I, I don't know. Um, and that would be a real, real shame if it was because David Luiz picked up an injury during an international break when he wasn't even on international duty. And, and that's the kind of rotten luck that we've been hit with so many times this season. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's come and reared its ugly head again. So I just wonder if that injury to David Luiz will make a difference in Arsenal's view with regards to whether or not he will be given or afforded an additional year's contract. We're going to have to wait and see how that pans out. I said it earlier on in the programme, the fact that they they don't give you not even a rough estimate around when he's expected to be back is is a worry. They say in the upcoming week. So that could be two 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 weeks down the line. It could be four weeks down the line. It could be six. It could be eight weeks down the line. We don't know. Um and and that's the that's the real concern here. Uh big hello to Aditya who says uh, quite brave of you to rewatch. You have my respect, Harry. Salute. Uh he also says all the progress gets thrown out after the Liverpool game. It doesn't though, does it, Aditya? It like and you know, the progress gets thrown out of the window if you choose to throw it out of the window. I think anybody who watches football frequently, particularly this season, has to just accept and acknowledge at some point that there will be games where things don't go your way. There will be games when you don't perform. Throughout history, there have been great teams who had off days. There have been teams who on their day you'd have backed to beat anybody in the world who have turned up and played absolute stinkers. It happens in football. And and this is why I keep saying Arsenal fans need to stay a little bit more level-headed. Keep your eyes on the road and keep your eyes on the longer term. I think since Christmas, there has been progress. I think there has been more progress than negative. And so let's let's keep on that path. But to say that one result against the team, and I know I keep saying this, but against the team who finished 43 points ahead of us last season, who possess two of the world's best forward players, who have two of the world's best attacking fullbacks who have a world-class midfielder in Fabinho dictating things, pulling the strings, etc., etc., is no disgrace. I'm not saying that the performance was acceptable. I'm not saying that the, the, the way in which we were beaten was acceptable or that we should be pleased about it. All I'm saying is, I think you're jumping the gun by throwing all of the progress out of the window in order to, you know, it just because of one game. You know, look at Chelsea. Look, Chelsea's a, a really good example, right? I know they're in a different position to us in the table. I know they've got a better squad, whatever. But just take the the, the short sample of Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea tenure, right? He's been there, what, 14, 15 games? They've progressed. They've developed. They've been a lot, lot better. On Saturday, they were an absolute disgrace and got absolutely slaughtered at home by Sam Allardyce's relegation fodder. So do Chelsea fans, should Chelsea fans say everything that, that we've done under Thomas Tuchel, all the progress we've seen under Thomas Tuchel in recent weeks should be binned, thrown out the window because we lost to West Brom? No, it shouldn't because it, it's an anomaly and anomalies happen in football. And, and I'm not saying that we should be pleased when they do or even accepting when they do. 
But in the overall grand scheme of things, Arsenal weren't going to finish in the top four. Arsenal probably weren't going to finish in the top six. The Europa League still represents a really good opportunity. And the club, the, the players, they need us behind them. And we need to continue uh, that. As I've said time and time again, starting next season, the pressure's on for me on Mikel Arteta if things don't improve. But, you know, I get what you're saying and I get that there's a lot of frustration in that. But, you know, I think we've got to be a bit calm. I really do. Uh, what else have we got in the live uh, comments? Let's have a look. Uh, Bilal says, Harry, would you sell Oba? Yeah, I would. Talked about this a few days ago. Um, wrote a piece about it as well, for which I received actually quite a bit of stick, but I'm used to it now, um, where I said that he, he just doesn't fit in the system. And again, you know, that was uh, the Saturday was a prime example of that. I would move him on. Not been happy with him lately. Not just because of of what he's done on the pitch, but because of his attitude off it as well. It has frustrated me. Uh, Josh says, uh, do you think Arteta has no choice but to play Maria next to Gabriel on Thursday? Seeing how poor holding performed. I think a lot of it um, will come back to that point that Mikel wants a right-footed and a left-footed centre-back. Do I agree with it? Maybe not. You know, we've seen plenty of good right-footed pairings get on just fine. We've seen plenty of good left-footed pairings get on just fine. But I'm just basing it on what I believe Mikel Arteta's preference will be. And what I think he'll do. And I and I expect Holding to play. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Um, Matt G goes on to talk about Nicolas Pepe. He says, I want it to work for Pepe. And appreciate we were pushed back by Liverpool. But I don't remember our £72 million winger doing anything of note on the wing. Yeah. And it goes back to the point I was making earlier on about, about these fringe players, if you like. And the fact that they they are not capable of doing it every or most of the time they play they they do it from time to time and then you go oh wait you know maybe they're still alive maybe there's still something we can get out of Nicolas Pepe and then he puts in a couple of really bad performances and then you go back to square one and that's the problem you know those players need to find consistency I appreciate that when you're in and out of a side it's difficult to find consistency but that's what the very top teams do Manchester City have tons of players who are in and out of the side week in week out but when they do come in they do a job because the level of competition is so high the standard is so high that they approve, they acknowledge they need to do that with Mikel Arteta it feels as though he's going to rotate certain players anyway uh, regardless of how they perform and and that's been a bit of an issue there's been a, a lack of continuity at times and i think when a player is not elite level, I think that can that can hurt them. And, and I think Nicolas Pepe is a classic example of that. But he's got to do more, Matt. You're absolutely right. He's got to do more. Um, he, he really has. He really, really has. Um, apologies if I miss out some of your, your comments. There's so many coming through. I'm just trying to... Um, I'm just trying to pick out as many as I can. Uh, Said Abdullah talks about Kieran Tierney and says, Harry, do you think the way Tierney plays gets him injured most of the time? Because he said that on his last interview and said he would not change it. I don't know. I feel like that's a little bit of a cop-out. But because he's committed, because he works hard, because he closes people down, because he plays at a high intensity, elite level players have to be able to do that. Kieran Tierney's injuries have been an issue throughout his career. Let's let's make no mistake about it. I said it on a, a show at the back end of last week. Somebody tried to tell me that, I was making it up um, in the comments and I, you know, I 
brought up the stats and the facts to show you that Kieran Tierney has frequently sustained injuries throughout his career. Uh, prior to joining Arsenal, he had the same issues at Celtic and he's brought them here as well. So I, I love what Kieran Tierney brings when he's fit. I love what he brings when he's uh, available. But we need cover because he's not going to be available every single week as we keep on seeing. And um, I don't know how much of it is down to the way he plays. I think that's a bit of an excuse and a bit of a cop out on his part even uh, because ultimately part of being a great player, in my opinion, is to be able to stay fit and uh, and in good condition. Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, I'll pick out a few more. Uh, Martin Laguna goes back to Pepe, says Pepe's far too lightweight for the Premier League, gets knocked off the ball too easily. Uh, Graham says, I support you on Harry. He has to go. Probably time to move Laka on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, with Laka, it's not because of a, a a bad attitude. It's not because I don't think he tries hard. It's not because of his application. I just think that A, has not been amazing during his Arsenal tenure so far. But also, he his contract situation means it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, Zandas defends Kieran Tierney and says that the injury was a clash of knees with Milner. Just a freak accident. Yeah, I, I appreciate on this occasion... Um, that, you know, he couldn't have really done a great deal about this one. It wasn't a muscle strain or anything like that, or or it didn't come from him pulling up in a high-speed chase or anything like that. But it's, you know, this is something that has been a problem with Kieran Tierney time and time again. It's not the first time he's gone off injured. Look, fingers crossed it's not severe and he'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. But, um, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Right, let's check in. How many likes have we got on this stream currently? Let's have a quick look uh, before uh, we move off. I will be back later on today with another stream, so don't worry. Uh, if I haven't got to your questions, feel free to jump on on that one and I'll pick up as many as I can on that show as well. We've only got 30 likes though at the moment. There's over 100 of you watching us live on YouTube right now. So if you haven't done so already, please smash the like button. Let's at least get to 50 uh, by the time the outro plays. Uh, it would uh, be a massive, massive help. Um, if you want to become a member, click on the link in the description um, and uh, we would love to have you on board. You'd also be supporting me to bring you more content um, and hopefully of a higher quality. So please uh, check that out. Um, yeah, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. You know the drill by now. And I'll be back a little bit later on. Uh, around about 5 p.m. today with another stream. So I look forward to talking to you all then. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday. In the meantime, get out there. Is it? Is it sunny? A uh, little bit, a little bit, but it probably snow in 10 minutes, uh, judging by the way the weather's gone here today. Massive thank you to every single one of you, as always, and I'll catch you all a little bit later on. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.